The Los Angeles Kings have made a coaching change. Now they're going to be enjoying their bye. They're not going to play any hockey again for a while, but Jim Miller is going to take over as coach of the club. Six coaching change, and we just reached All-Star. Rather amazing. Uh, only thing more amazing than that streak is the fact that John Hoven has now appeared on this show four weeks in a row. John, I'm going to give you a week off, man. We won't bug you anymore for a little bit, but this, this saga's been going on for a while. Well, that'll be fine, Boom, unless the Kings make a big trade next week, then I'm sure you'll be texting me. But uh, happy to come on any time, and obviously the Kings uh, have a lot of news to offer up right now, so it makes sense. Um, so let's talk about chronology, just so we understand it. Uh, they won their last game. Maybe the change had already made. Uh, Jake talked about how while they won a hockey game in Nashville, they didn't look great. Uh, in doing it to the best of your understanding and maybe you're going to find out shortly how did the timeline of events play out yeah we will find out shortly because coming up in the next hour there's going to be a press conference with gm rob blake so we'll ask him some questions and see what he thinks uh, or where he's willing to offer um, from a timeline perspective but my best timeline would be this on thursday january 18th when rob blake had his last press conference and he said that he did not have any plans and he was not looking to replace Coach Todd McClellan. I believe him. I think that was the case. There's a long-standing relationship between these two going all the way back to, you know, what, 2008 when he was a player in San Jose. So there's a reason why Todd McClellan, they even invested a five-year uh, contract in him to begin with when most coaches don't get that kind of length on their deal, and he was extended last summer as well. So that relationship uh, runs deep, and I think that they were hopeful that the team would be able to work its way out of that. From a timeline standpoint, they won the next game against the Rangers, but they didn't really look great in doing it. And then the next two games, I think that's ultimately what decided McClellan's fate. They had a shootout uh, loss to the Sharks at home, and then uh, the following Wednesday, they lost to the Sabres. And it was in that Sabre game, in the third period, when I, I turned to Dennis uh, Bernstein, actually co-host on Kings of the Podcast, and I said, this feels like the end. This feels like it. And... Uh, you know, when you when you add up Drew Doughty airing what was going on in the locker room with players calling each other out, when you add up McClellan's post-game comments where he essentially said, hey, I pushed all the buttons, I've done everything, you know, not really sure what else I can do. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, that wasn't his direct quote, but that was kind of what he was saying. And, and at the same time, he was saying, I'm going to continue to do it, we're going to continue to try to get the results. But it sounded like a coach who was defeated at that particular moment in time. I, I can't wait to talk to Todd and in retrospect, get his perspective on that. But uh, at that point, they had three games left on the road trip and then the natural break for 10 days for the All-Star game and their bye week. So uh, unless they went on that road trip, won three games convincingly, uh, I think pretty much the, the wheels were in motion or at least the thoughts had now started to creep into Blake's mind, thoughts that weren't there uh, a week prior. You talk about the Sabre game. That was symptomatic of everything about this slump because they had a 3-1 lead in that game. They went out and took control of a game they were supposed to win. Even Dubois scored that night, and they still found a way to lose the hockey game and look terrible in the third period. That's, that's not a weak team. That's a fragile team. That's a team that doesn't believe in itself, and it can't close out wins, and they did this multiple times during this slump. That is on the players to me, unless you blame the coach for not being able to rally the team and get them to believe in what they're doing. I mean, there's blood on hands here, and I'm, I'd like to hear players stand up and own this because uh, ultimately, I'll tell you how good a coach Todd McClellan is. He's good enough to have them up 3-1 against the Buffalo Sabres. I guess he's bad enough to be down 5-3 at the end of the game, but 
I mean, at some point, the players have to do their job. They're getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that, Boom. And that's the one thing, is that there's a, a small fraction of the Kings fan base that never accepted Todd McClellan because he was a former Sharks head coach, and the Kings came back and beat them in the playoffs. They were down 0-3, all that stuff. But the point is, Todd McClellan is a good coach. He was a good coach when he was in San Jose. He was a good coach when he was in Edmonton. He was a good coach when he was hired in Los Angeles. Hell, I tweeted out in November of 2018, nine months, whatever it is, before he was hired, that that's the guy that they should go out and hire. So I would be a fool to tell you he's not a good coach. Todd McClellan is a good coach. He's a good man. He did a lot of great things for this organization. He helped a lot of the uh, younger players that are, that are now starting to blossom, acclimate to the National Hockey League. He put good structure in. There's a lot of good to look at when you look at the body of work for Todd McClellan. He was not able to rally, to your point, to get this group out of their fragile state, and they are fragile, and they have some issues. They're, this is not the 2012 L.A. Kings where it's a, a band of brothers of 25 guys in that room. So they have some work to do. And when Drew Doughty, uh, you know, made that public, you know those conversations that already taken place privately, player-to-player, player, you know, player-only meetings, et cetera. There's some stuff that needs to be worked out in that room. And, uh, you know, the players, they, they own it. Uh, Andre Kopitar, Drew Doughty, Adrian Kempe, Phil Deneau, et cetera, they all said this is on the players uh, when talking to them over the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens come Saturday. It's a big game. The Oilers are in town. It's their rival. Jim Hiller will be making his head coaching debut for the Kings. There's a lot going on this week, Boom. Why was Hiller the guy? And where do we go from here? Yeah, I would say two quick things uh, that always have to be considered in these situations. Number one, there are budgetary concerns. Uh, teams are not fantasy teams. These are actual budgets uh, with, with a P&L, you know, with revenue and expenses. And you're paying Todd McClellan $5 million for the next 18 months. It's not just you fired him and he's gone. He's getting paid out for the next 18 months. So do you want to bring in another coach? At one point in time, the Kings were paying four head coaches uh, way back when, uh, you know, back when John Stevens was the coach and Daryl had been fired and all that stuff. So you don't want to get into that situation again. Um, and number two, equally important to that, is that you, you're in the middle of the season. There's not a lot of practice time. There's not a lot of time to put in new structure, new systems, and completely change everything. So with Jim Hiller, what you're getting is you're getting – some continuity because you're, you're bringing in, um, you're, you know, you're maintaining a little bit of what you've been doing, but you are getting fresh ideas. Because remember this, Jim Hiller is not a Todd McClellan disciple. He's not a Todd McClellan guy. Trent Yanni, who was the assistant coach that's here, he's been with McClellan forever. But Jim Hiller was from outside the organization. Jim Hiller spent a lot of time as an assistant coach in Toronto. He spent time in, uh, in, with the New York Islanders. And, uh, boom, I put an article out over the weekend, and I'll let you know here. The Kings are getting close to finalize bringing, finalizing uh, bringing in an assistant coach from outside the organization under Hiller to help out. So he's going to have a lot of support to get through this balance of the year. They're not looking to bring in another head coach at this moment. That decision, that discussion, that evaluation will all take place over the summer. Five million is a lot of cash, but you just dropped sixty-six million on Pierre Luc Dubar, sixty-eight million. So. I think it's fair to ask, John, um, not too early, because this isn't a rebuild. When you paid to bring in Dano, Fiala, Dubois, it's a win-now mentality. You've made the playoffs the last couple of years. Now you want to start winning playoff rounds. Have we reached a point yet where it's fair to ask this question, look at this group as a collective, as assembled, and say, what's, what's the ceiling for what this team is possible for? And, and if the answer is not winning a Stanley Cup, then what are we doing here? 
Well, I think it's an absolutely fair question. I think that's why uh, Rob Blake feels a lot of pressure right now. Um, there's no doubt about it. You know, you talked earlier about there's blood on a lot of hands. Uh, we talked about the players. We've obviously talked about McClellan. Let's not forget Rob Blake. As the general manager, he's the architect of all of this. He's the one who put this roster together. He's the one who's made the trades uh, and made the free agent signings. So the rebuild is over. This team is looking to win. This team wants to move forward. Making the playoffs is not good enough anymore. That's happened the last couple of years. Bounced by the Oilers. They need to go a couple rounds. They need to get to the Western Conference Final or get to a Stanley Cup Final. They need to win a Stanley Cup, right? That, that's what's in front of them this year and over the next couple of years. You don't commit the type of money that they've committed to Phil Deneau, to Kevin Fiala, to Mikey Anderson, to Dubois, etc. You don't even sign, re-sign Kopitar to a two-year extension either uh, at the money that they did unless you think that you are going to be a contender. And so the expectations are high uh, in Los Angeles right now, and the team, the players, they've not been performing. It's a salary cap era, though, Boom, and that's one of the reasons why a guy like Todd McClellan and so many other coaches around the NHL, they end up getting turfed early, is that this is not the old days where you can trade players and buy your way out of it. Once you sort of have your roster assembled and you're in that championship window, most teams are up against the cap, and they have very little room not only to move players out but also to bring players in. And so, unfortunately, the coach ends up being the one thing that you can change. It's sort of the last lever, and I'm sure it's something that uh, – Rob Blake did not want to do, but it had to be done. So you're off till the weekend, then you host the Edmonton Oilers, then you go on the road for four. Uh, this question would be nothing more than a hunch play, but what's your level of confidence that they bounce off of this and get back to their winning ways? Well, unfortunately, the Edmonton Oilers have set the bar so high that I think even if they won 10 of 12, it wouldn't be good enough. Uh, but uh, I think the team is going to turn things around. I think that they really realize, the players inside the room, they realized that uh, – you know, they were at rock bottom. They had been talking about that. Um, they needed to change. The break could not have come at a better time. So I'm confident that the players rest, recover, reset, come back in, and they'll be excited because a guy like Jim Hiller, while there will be continuity, so there won't be major change, there will be some fresh ideas. There'll be some new things. I'm expecting him to perhaps mix up some of the defensive pairings, mix up some of the line combinations, sort of bring some freshness, bring some fresh ideas, they really respect the players, really respect and like Jim Hiller. When he came in two years ago uh, and took what was one of the league's worst power plays and made it one of the league's better power plays, that's pretty phenomenal. Now, this year they haven't performed as well at home. They've done great with the power play on the road. At home they've suffered a little bit, and part of that is the lack of right-handed shots and getting Victor Arvidsson back in a couple weeks will help with that. But um, they like Jim Hiller, and uh, I think there's going to be a bounce back uh, regardless of what happens in the Edmonton game, like you said, keep an eye on the road trip. Take a look at the next five to ten games, and I think you'll see a much better L.A. Kings team than what you've seen uh, here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, wrap it up on a positive, John. You liked what you've seen from uh, Alex Turcott in small sample size? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the real bummer with Alex Turcott has been that when he's been in the lineup and been healthy at the AHL level, he's been an impact player. He's made a difference. He drives the line and he creates offense, just like you saw him do with the World Juniors uh, when he was on that line with Zegris and with Arthur Kaliev. To me, one of the most interesting things, actually, back to Hiller, it ties into Turcott, actually. I'm very curious to see what happens with Arthur Kaliev, because two weeks ago, I would have told you there's probably an 80% chance or better that Arthur Kaliev was going to be traded for a variety of reasons, including cap reasons and trying to get a goaltender, perhaps. But now, with Turcott coming into the lineup, he's probably going to be recalled here in the next couple of days. With Turcotte available, do you try to rekindle that relationship between him and Arthur Kaliev? 
and, and maybe get both of those guys going and add some additional offense. So it'll be pretty interesting. But Alex Turcotte, he's healthy this season. He's, been, he's already put up career numbers in the American Hockey League. And, uh, you know, the sky is the limit for this guy if you can just keep him healthy and keep him in the lineup. So I think the Kings are excited to see what he can do here uh, over the balance of the season. They're going to have to make some cap adjustments, though. Um, they're paying too much money to some of the other guys on the fourth line, considering that they're a cap-constrained team. So we'll have to see where it goes. It's going to be interesting between now and the trade deadline. It's always fun. John, thanks for the time. We won't talk for a while. You, you deserve the rest. Enjoy your week off. <laughs> thanks, Boom. I'll look for your text tonight. <laughs> 